You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are Camilla's Anthony Podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball, though, obviously, a lot less now than we normally do. Natty, how you doing? I'm all right, man. Copacetic, how you doing? I am doing well. Um, watched game one of the Celts Nets and was... Game? Was it Very, a game? It was. That first half was a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Our boy, the clock blocker, almost had a triple-double mm-hmm. with blocks, which you love to see. Uh, and then things kind of fell off the rails. The Celts are playing. Celts and Nets are playing again tonight uh, <clears throat> as we're recording this. So I want to get this, knock this sucker out so that I can go watch it. Um, but uh, I think, I feel like it was one of those instances where all leading up to this series, Celtics fans were like, okay, Jalen's out. We've been absolutely ravished by COVID this year. Like we, no team has been more affected by it. This is just kind of like we made it into the tournament, or we made it into the playoffs. We get to put, we're playing the Nets. Like whatever that comes out of this is gravy. And then after that first half, Celtics fans were like, "Oh my God, we can do this! This is suddenly a series. Let's go!" And then the second half came along, and people got angry at the Celtics for being bad when just like 30 minutes ago they were. Totally like, well, if the Celtics get swept, at least, you know, at least uh, at least we made it to the playoffs and didn't lose in the play-in. So I'm excited to see what game two brings us uh, in terms of uh, just the general ethos of Celtics fans right now. Yeah, it's so tough to see Boston defeating Brooklyn There's because no Brooklyn, way. I mean, Brooklyn had a shitty night from three. They shot eight of 34 well the Celtics yeah the Celtics started off just like unstoppable from three and then they went bad and then the Nets kind of got fire again but you're right is like yeah continue they they had a bad shooting night and still pulled off the win KD was one for eight from three and he still finished with a plus eight plus minus and that's that's not happening not happening again in the series (laughs) so I'll promise I promise you that it is a real shame that a Jalen is out and B that Fournier is in because I just don't think that he's the guy that is going to truly help you get over the hump. Even no. if everybody was healthy, I, I I don't know. I mean, he was, I think he's bad. a perfect, he's a perfect for what, what, when Danny Ainge traded for him, he was, he's a perfect player for what they needed at that moment, which was scoring off of the bench, like a 20-point score, come off the bench, try to replace what Gordon Hayward was last year. Now, obviously, uh, Fournier has defensive deficiencies that Hayward doesn't, given size. and, and you know, But it, Hayward, a lot of the issues that Fournier has, particularly on defense, are, I would say, 
that are rearing their heads during the series have predominantly just come from like not knowing where to be and not knowing how to pass players off uh, when it comes to screens, which is just like playing time, which again, he got traded and immediately got COVID. It was immediately on the COVID protocol list. For Fact. For so sure. like he never really got acclimated to the team. I think I, I hope given what age, I know it was only two second round picks for him, but they also used some of their trade exemption on him. I would hope that that means that they reach some sort of deal and that he's back next year so that we can see, because I do think that he's like, he is, he is a soup. He is a scorer who could just get hot. And that is something that the Celtics have been missing off the bench for quite a bit of time. Before the season started, you and I talked about how the upcoming season was probably going to have a bunch of absences, either Mm -hmm. from COVID or from injury or for rest purposes. And because the seasons were stacked one on top of each other, all of the playoff teams from last year, the bubble teams, played more and had even less of a chance to get healthy. And I think you're seeing the effects of that, the lingering effects of that in these playoffs. And a guy like Fournier, like even if everybody on the Celtics was playing at at their optimum and Jalen was back and healthy, I still feel like Brooklyn can beat them because they can have bad games and just overwhelm you with their talent. And it, you know, Blake played pretty well. Blake took no shots, by the way, did you, he played 20 minutes and took no shots. He had a couple of free throws. What a great stat line. At least you're in the playoffs, Blake. Good for you. I mean, it's good good for you for, I, I, I mean, that's sort of, we're joking about it, but I sort of feel like that's what he's telling himself. Like, oh, he's hundred percent. Oh, this is hundred percent. Blake is like, I fucking nailed this. I didn't like, dunk for two years and now I like don't have to do shit and I could win a ring. All I want to do is pass it to Joe Harris and to Bruce Brown. Like, I just want to make some sick fucking passes like that full court, whatever that was that he did last week in one of the most incredible four court full court possessions I've ever seen. Um, The Nets also haven't had a lot of time to play at full complement with each other, but you have three dudes who are all timers. And even though I don't think Kyrie is at the level of like hall of fame Mm and stats level of, KD and Harden. That's sort of just because like you can't gauge handle other than just watching it. And you know, he has one of the most important shots of all time. He has some, you know, hiccups along the way, we'll say, but uh he's incredible. He is just so fucking sick. And you know, he went two for eight from three and finished with a plus 16 and 29 points. So the Nets know how to get fouls, and they know that they can get the the whistle against not oh, subpar sure. talent, but anyone who's lesser than them, and the Boston Celtics are just lesser than them right now. And, you know, everyone knows that listens to this podcast that we are not just fantasy boyfriends with Marcus Smart, but, like, he can oh, just do whatever he wants. Legitimately fine. Yes. We love you. But you can see how his negatives, I think, are a little bit 
uh, emphasized when Jalen isn't there or when Tatum's out. Like if 100%. the trio are working together, then it works so, so, so well. You don't want Marcus Smart. You don't want to rely on Marcus Smart to be your third or God forbid your second, but your third top scorer. Like if you, if, if you have a Tatum is one JB two Kemba is three Marcus is your four. You will happily take that. He can totally. get, be streaky. He can, you know, get, get, start shooting lights out from three. He gives you elite defense. Like, that's a, the exact role you want him in. Anytime JB, when he's out, Tatum is out. Like anytime you ask Mar- Marcus to like carry a three or two load uh, scoring wise, it sometimes it works and he comes through, but he is a very fickle player when it comes to his offensive game. Uh, it's gotten a lot better since he been, came into the league, but, uh, but yeah, you, you, he's, that's not the role that you want him. And I will take some, uh, I think you are, correct ultimately that the the nets would beat a fully healthy celtics team a fully healthy nets team would beat a fully healthy celtics team but i resent the implication that it wouldn't be a series that maybe goes to six or seven it would it would probably be a seven game series okay the the i guess the main reason i feel that way is that there's really no one on boston who can adequately guard the three stars on Brooklyn, especially if they're at a hundred percent, because there's almost no one out there who can do that. Like who can guard Kevin Durant when he's fully healthy and on fire. So that's Irving. That's when he's like, and Harden, you know, who can guard Harden do whatever he wants. You know, who can guard Harden? Well, Robert Williams, Robert Williams can guard Harden because who didn't start. He shot, he shut down a Harden on the ISO and then blocked his three point shot attempt. I don't know why Tristan started. Over. I don't know why. Well, because Tom, Williams is dealing with turf toe, and I think Brad wants to limit his minutes. Because I mean, the Celtics are just drastically a better team with him on the court, and so uh, I don't. I don't think that he wants to overplay uh, overplay Will, Rob uh, with with while he's dealing with turf toe. But I don't know. And that's sort of the other thing is that like you guys started off well. I mean, you won the first quarter, and yeah, for sure. We'll take that as a consolation. Hang the banner. Let's ride. It's not like you're a bad team. You got fucked by COVID harder than anybody else in the league. And the personnel moves have been, you know, sub pretty. Like they're not, I wouldn't say that they're entirely mediocre, but um, the fact that you have Tatum and Brown locked up for the next three to five. Take that to the bank and don't ask questions. I also sort of feel like the front office can coast yeah and oh, like for sure. we don't have for to sure. put all of our chips in and we don't have to play as hard but meanwhile like tatum if he has mvp nights i feel if you're the best player on the floor in any given game you have a chance to win that game look at luca yep oh we'll talk luca baby don't even huh um all right well let's we're, we're going to touch on all of the different round one matchups and there's still lots to lots to get to so why don't we close close this one out what? natty get, Give me your uh, give me your predictions for for Net Celtics. So yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. I would you want be to ask me that shocked if Brooklyn lost this series. Like oh, actually there's, there's, astonished. Oh, if they lost a game or if they lost this? No, series? no, no. If they lost the series, like I'm there's picking no the Nets. But yes, uh, there's no way the Nets. The Nets 100. percent 100. percent The Nets are winning this series. Like it's just. I think that the Celtics can take a game 
honestly, I, I, I just, I have, this is a team. I love this team dearly, uh, but the Celtics are very, Becca is, is binge watching Gilmore girls currently. And, uh, and uh-huh. the Celtics feel very angsty teen to me where it's just like, if things are going good, they look great. But when they start to get down on themselves or when things start to get down on them, they have a hard time pulling themselves out of that funk. So sure. I don't know. I think I would say, I would say Nets in five. Yeah. I think Tatum will have a 50 point game and they'll right. win that game. But I just don't know if they're going to have much more else than that. And it, it seems kind of fucking crazy to think that they would. Like what? Yeah. There's a certain point of view where you're like, "What the fuck do you want from us? Like, are you kidding me? We lost so many minutes this past season, and the reinforcements immediately got sick. Immediately, maybe we're yeah. So like we so this is a tough matchup for anybody. And it's even tougher for a team that suffered as much as the Celtics this year. It's, you know, in a lot of ways, they're sort of the strong silent type. Like they, it's not like they give up on games really. Like they keep trying and Tatum, I think a lot of other players would have been like, what the fuck is going on in this place? Uh, And he's just trying to do his job. And um, that I feel like that team has had less drama than I would have expected, but I also wonder whether that's just because, like, I still have Kyrie and Green. Kyrie symptoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there was lots of drama when Kyrie was there. Uh, all right, let's talk one eight seed Sixers versus Wizards. The Sixers are up one zero on that. They play again game two tomorrow. Uh, first of all, we haven't talked since the play in, and you know the Wizards getting the eighth seed over the Hornets. Well, the Hornets losing to the Pacers first off. What are we doing, Hornets? Good God. And then and then the Wizards obviously trampling the Pacers. Well done, Wizards. I am glad the Pacers are not in the playoffs because, God forbid, I did not want to watch that series was, oh, rough. at all. That um, was a great game. I like watching yeah. games like that sometimes, though. We're no, just like, not, Jesus. <laughs> not like now. Not right now. Uh, the best part of game one clearly was Bradley Beal uh, doing his best Joel and Bean impression, but – Honestly, like, I feel like this is similar to the Nets Celtics, where it's like the Wizards maybe take a game, but even then, I am not sure. If Toby Harris is going to score 30-plus points in every game, the Sixers are going to roll through these playoffs. Yeah. He looks exactly like the guy that Philadelphia was hoping he would be. Um his contract doesn't look bad anymore. <laughs> and he and Beal were sort of like the best players on the court for the majority of the game, mainly because Embiid got into foul trouble early. That's something he's definitely going to have to watch. Um, you know, like they, they hadn't played for a while. It sort of felt like they were just raring to go. Um, but the Sixers took care of business and you can see what their strengths are. They kind of look like the Bucks in terms of, mm. you know, like really good defense, good outside shooting. They know what they're doing, good coaching. Um, and God damn, the whole time I was watching that game, I was like, 
Doc Rivers was the coach of the Clippers last year. This yeah. is a better job. Yeah. This is a much better job. Like they they should be in the conference finals. The Wizards are a valiant team. I like I love Rui Hachimura the more time goes on. He's looking much better. You know, Russ is Russ. He took two threes and didn't make either of them. Beal was <laughs> one for six. Yeah. Uh, but still ended up with 33 points. He he looked like he was healthy and having a really good time. And uh, again, you know, I'll, like I, I think the Wizards can steal it. Beal's going to go off, sure. Um, Berton's actually shot well, which is something that they've really fucking wanted. And Gafford made plays again. You know, it's like this this team is a professional team. I think. Sure. But I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to do much of anything when Joel Embiid, like you said, 29 minutes, only played 29 minutes because of foul worries, still drops 30 points on them. Yeah. Uh, like, what are they doing to like Alex Len and I don't know what Robin Lopez, Daniel Gafford is going to is going to control Embiid at all. Well, let me say this. If Ben Simmons is going to miss every single one of his free throws, then Ooh, a- yes, yes, the Ben Simmons and, shade. I am here for it. Right? He didn't make any. He went zero for six from the line. Yeah, he's and garbage. he garbage. He attempted a three, um, but that's you know that's a concern that teams have been, have had in the playoffs forever. A guy that can't make his fucking free throws, and how do you handle that? Um, you know, in this game, it didn't really matter that much. Embiid but isn't going to It will in the future, man. I'll tell you. I yes, bet you. I agree. I'm putting, I'm putting this down right now. I'm saying Sixers win in four. I don't think the Wizards take a game. Um, but Ben Simmons missing free throws is going to is going to bite Philly in the ass when, spoiler alert, they play Milwaukee in the conference finals. Like, it's if Embiid can be out there, then it's not really going to matter that much because if people start funneling Simmons in just to try to get him to the line, um, you know, who who's adequately going to keep Embiid from taking advantage of that? Right. I don't really know. Um, that person might not exist unless it's Anthony Davis at full strength or, you know, like... Giannis. But Anthony Davis hasn't been looking so good, Nanny. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Uh, I I do think the Wizards can take one game. I just feel like Westbrook and Beal respect must be shown. Like I think they can, if they're both having good games, they can take one from anybody. But just like the other series, I would be shocked if the Sixers didn't win pretty handily. Yeah, there's there's no way the Sixers are losing this series. Uh, let's go on to the Bucks Heat, which was a series that I was like, when we were talking about this last week's show, I was like, man, Bucks Heat, these two teams like fucking hate each other just from like last year and the Heat sweeping the Bucks and like putting them in their place. And you have Jimmy Buckets, who that man like has so many chips on his shoulder. I, like he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, I don't know. I was going to try Like he's a bag of Tostitos. There it is. Nailed it. <laughs> um, and then the Bucks come out and handedly win game two, win game one narrowly. Uh, and now they're up 2-0 in the series going to Miami. Do Can the Heat right the ship in Miami, Natty, and make this a series? Or is this going to be one of those series where like maybe the Heat win game three and you're like, oh, this could happen. And then the Bucks take game four and then handedly take game five back in Milwaukee. 
Jimmy and Bam can definitely take a game from anybody. Uh, and I should, and Spo, if there's, you know, adequate perimeter shooting and they're playing well, then they can absolutely take a game from anybody at any time. The problem is that the Bucks won the first game without perimeter shooting, or I should say without good perimeter shooting, and they still won. It was a good game. It was rough and tough and dirty, and that's sort of what we thought the series would be like um and then game two they just fucking beat the shit out of Miami. like they made Forbes and Pat Connington three. suddenly become elite three-point shooters and that's the thing is that three-point variance means that from game to game whichever team is hotter from outside and takes advantage of volume they're probably or they have a good chance of winning no matter what else happens like that's yeah. how valuable a three-pointer oh, yeah. is. That's why Steph um, is the MVP. I, he's he got third, right? Didn't he? I did they announce the full? I mean, I know he was one of the three. It was him, uh, Embiid, and Jokic, and Jokic rightfully should win it. Uh, but also, Steph has a bigger case than Embiid does. Steph is an important player, like Dr. J is an important player. Neither mm, of those like guys it. are top ten all time, but the significance. The cultural significance that they the implemented. Yeah. Like Dr. J came in from the ABA and immediately changed the entire way we view basketball. His dunking changed the game. Totally. Steph's outside shot changed the game. There are other people that can shoot kind of like him, but he's the best at what he does. And the NBA will never be the same because of him. And they're not in the playoffs. So we probably don't need to talk about them too much. Uh, The fact that the Bucks had a hot shooting night shouldn't surprise anybody because any team with good shooters should be able to have at least one good shooting night during a series. And I do think that the Heat can take at least a couple of games because I think their outside shots will fall and you know, buckets will figure something out. Giannis is guarding him, which didn't happen last year and might've been the reason why Milwaukee lost to the heat. But Giannis has been on Jimmy both games. He's guarded him more than he did in two games than he did all series last year. And it's working. And bam, I thought in the first quarter, like he made a bucket surrounded by four big ass deer. There were four bucks in the paint and bam and bam still fucking got that shot and got the foul. And I was like, okay, that's how the heat win this game. It's just, you know, we, we are just going to tough our way through it. Last year, they had Tyler hero this year. Last year they had bubble tie. Can we just also talk? Can we talk about this quickly? Good night. Thank you for bringing this up. Uh, I would like to draw attention to the fact that the Miami heat and the Los Angeles Lakers who were both in the finals in the bubble and the Lakers won it. The heat are the sixth seed Lakers barely made it as the seventh seed bubble magician, fucking MVP Tyler hero has just been average outside of it. Can we just officially agree, put the rubber stamp that the bubble means nothing and is worthless and we should not treat it as actual, uh, an actual NBA final. Oh, hard disagree with that. Oh, thank you. No, thank you for agreeing to it with me. You're right. You got pretty <laughs> when you're smart like this. It's so nice. 
What a handsome dude. Um, you you got to take things as they come, man. Like the bubble happened. You Every time you talk about that postseason, you'll be talking about the setting. That's okay. Everything's different. Like this is still weird too. The Miami Heat toughed and outplayed their way through the East last year. There's no denying it. They were the best team in the East in that situation. Ditto the Lakers. Now, several months ago, when LeBron first went down, you and I discussed the possibility of whether the Lakers could fall out of the top six and into the play-in. And we thought it was unlikely, but it ended up happening. And now look at them. Like, LeBron was hurt. AD was hurt. They both still seem hurt. Now we're relying on Andre Drummond. Not great. They, they just don't have the players that they did last year. And that's a good segue back to the heat because Ooh, neither nice. does Miami. Yeah. Trevor Ariza can't do what Jay Crowder did last year. Mm. He's too old. He has yeah. been, you know, like he's a good player. And he used to be the dude that you wanted to trade for in order to advance. But so far he hasn't showed it. And, you know, Drogic is still good, but it just doesn't look like Miami has the capability to beat a team with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and now Drew. Drew, Drew. Oh. best acquisition Hands over down. the past two seasons. Well, I you, guess I can't say that because of the Nets, but like the the Bucks look so different and so good with him. He had like 15 dimes, didn't he? He was plus 37 last game. Plus He's 37. He's 11 points, 15 assists. He was incredible. He, he makes such a difference to this team. This Bucks team now feels finally like an actual content, like serious finals contender because of what Drew Holiday uh, brings to the table. And Drew's not on Jimmy. Giannis oh. chose Jimmy. He said, fuck you and fuck that. That's my guy. And he's shut him down so far. Um, and that means that Drew gets to be on Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. Bubble fraud Tyler Hero. Yeah. Or, you know, like, or Kendrick Nunn, who also can't find his shot. Like, Miami's going to get better luck with their shooting, I think. But, man, Drew Holiday is so fucking good. And this is, like, he's kind of like the East Coast version or the Eastern Conference version of Mike Conley, where it's just like, Yo, if you get these guys on the national stage, people are going to recognize how good they actually are. Drew it Holiday, took Conley a little time, but Conley is there now. And you're right. You're right. That's a good, a good comp. Uh, I have Bucks and six. Uh, I was going to do Bucks and five, but then I was like, man, I am probably underselling the heat too much. So I'll do Bucks and six. What do you have? I know I just said that I think the heat could steal a game, but I think a sweep. Oh! Natty says, fuck you, Pete, your stupid cautionary six. I'm going for the sweep. I just feel like if Giannis is they going do, they to do feel do like this, it, it yeah. you know, like, cause he figured out, like, he's not just running into, you know, a line of defenders anymore. Like the entire geometry of the team looks so much better than it did last year. And I guess we should give it up to coach Bud, you know, for finally fucking changing his mind about some things incredible incredible a plus effort bud for you know evolving and maturing as a person in today's day and age just like standing ovation well done and you know like let's say that they start Dragic next game is that really going to change that like if hero and duncan can't be hero has to hero has to be bubble hero 
That's what has yeah, to happen. That's why them. they that's didn't fucking happen. trade them because they're depending on Which was idiotic. I'm sorry. Well, in retrospect, yeah, but also- Retrospect hey, nothing. I could have told you at the time. It's his sophomore year, and he played a lot last season too. So if we're going to give other teams and other players- not a pass, but like, no, you're totally for the heat, for the heat. I am less. Well, when we get to the Lakers, tell me why Talon Horton Tucker is uh, more valuable to you than uh, Kyle Lowry. We'll, we'll touch on that one. Maybe, maybe Kyle Lowry would be pretty helpful right about now. I don't know for sure. I also kind of feel like if Kyle Lowry had said, to the front office in Toronto, get me to LA, they would have said sure, and it would have happened. Well, yeah, maybe he should have. Like, I, we, we sometimes forget because we sort of assume, you know, ring chasing and rightfully so, but not everybody likes playing with LeBron. In fact, a lot of people don't. What? And I thought Kyle LeBron was the perfect teammate. But Kyle has a ring. No, like, you're he totally right. You take, you know, a step down for anybody. Yep. So, nor should he stand up, Kyle. Be your yeah, own maybe, strong, I don't independent know. man. Maybe he doesn't like Vogel. Like there are all sorts of reasons why a player doesn't want to um, join another team. But goddamn, could they use someone like him? She's. I mean, every no. team could, but like they're but the Lakers, rough. especially. Yeah. Uh, all right. Finally, in the East, we have the Knicks versus the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks up one against it's the so Knicks. quiet in here. Shh. <laughs> As Trey, Trey uh, absolutely silenced the garden with a ballsy three to win game one. They play again tomorrow, game two. Uh, Spike was staring him down when he Spike, did his hands were Spike on his was, hips. This was about as angry. Spike has never been angrier than when you know this is like on par with Defy Bloods not winning any Academy Awards. Spike is equally enraged by this result uh do you are the hawks gonna pull this off can the hawks pull off a quote-unquote spicy upset or are the knicks gonna right the ship and and move on this is the analysis of a guy who's watched yes. a bunch of basketball in his yes life. this is the best as soon as you preface what your analysis is that means it's just going to be a plus shit like I I'm in the lab, I'm doing all the numbers, you know, lots of devices that glow are around me. There's clicking mm, from good. sort of measurement devices. Yep. Uh, and, and this is what I discovered. Okay. If Julius Randall doesn't play well, the Knicks lose. <laughs> I mean, that's wow. That's my that is, theory. That's it, a good theory. We in should science. You can't actually prove things. <laughs> so um, it's, just so fucking apparent that that team is orange Julius through and through, even if the rest of the players are doing well, I just don't think they can win without him also doing well. Uh, there was a lot of Taj, a lot of ancient Taj in that game. And he played well. Um, played all right. But yeah. he's like, this is a team that is absolutely a year early. They are mm. so, like Alfred mm. fucking Peyton. Started. Are fucking what are we doing here? Can we talk about how Alfred Payton starts, gets eight minutes, and then Derrick Rose off the bench, 37? Just fucking start Derrick Rose. What are we doing? Well, because it's Tibbs, and it's like, no, D. Rose comes off the bench because we like scoring punch in our second unit. You know, like where, but the whole thing is preposterous anyway, because they did not build a roster to 
advance in the playoffs. They're just, they shouldn't even have fucking been this high a seed. They got really it's lucky absurd. in certain ways, even though the numbers sort of suggest that they're outlandish or that they're outliers, but that has to have something to do with the coaching and the effort. Um, so the, the Knicks can't score in the same way that the Hawks can. And if the Hawks are going to score at even like 75% of their pretty potent capability, then just like we've been learning over the past few years, the defense is mattering less and less. If you have a high powered offense that knows what it's doing, Trey looked great. Um, He is definitely a dude that seems to feed off of booze. Like, oh my god! And he's gonna he, love. I mean, the garden just yeah, the garden just fucking fed him. And he only shot three threes. He only had three three point attempts uh, in that game. He averaged That's growth to me. That's him being like, I'm floor general, which is like, which is great. But if I was a Knicks, like he scored thirty two, scoring one three pointer. That's not not what you want to see as a Knicks fan because if if Trey goes, I mean, his usual from this season, he was what two and a half for six uh, on the season. So like, you know, an extra six points there for you. That's, you don't want to see that. The, the thing is like, even if Rose was starting, it's, it's hard to believe that he could have been the dude that slows Trey down. God, no. And the fact that you have Bogdan Bogdanovich there also, who was plus 17 for the game, by the way, um, and DeAndre Hunter's back. That's a big deal. That's a, a really big deal. Uh, Capella and Collins, like this, it suddenly seems like a team that can do well against the riffraff in the playoffs. Like, can this team defeat one of the big four in the East? I doubt it. Maybe they could, but there's there's just no fucking way that the Knicks can do a goddamn thing unless Randall's playing well. And that's the way it's been all season really. And you know, <laughs> Reggie Bullock didn't have a good night over five from outside. Yeah, Reggie Bullock, is minus 14. Is, is some of these guys haven't been here before, you know, right. like sort of none of these guys have, uh, except for Tibbs and Rose and Taj. God, ancient Taj, you've got to be loved it. You love to see it. You love also, to see it. Also, Frank Nilakina going in for that. If he played for that one one minute, one minute defensive yeah. play, where and he's it's like, like, "Yeah, you're. Why are you depending on a dude who's not in rhythm and hasn't played absolutely terrible by tips? All let's that cover just, Trey at the at the pinnacle moment of this game. Oh, he made the three. Shit, that sucked. That backfired. Yeah, I I really didn't like that. It just seemed like it was forcing it like what what the fuck are you doing um and i don't think nerlands was in that play but all right now you talked me into it hawks are sweeping get them out of here the knicks if are randall can't score then i think that's it not just a likelihood it's like set in fucking stone the knicks are too young get them out tibbs is gonna shit this shit this playoff chance away trey young is coming for it and uh and let's have the hawks sweeping for it. i love it I mean, Burks had a good game. That was nice to see. Um, but they but, used, they wasted it. That was his one good game of the series, and they wasted it. You think Alex well, so Burks is going to have another 27-point game later in the yep. series? Let me go pro Knicks for a second. Okay. Julius had a terrible game, and they lost by two. 
I you only lost by a bucket. Me, you can't talk me off this. I'm already, I'm firmly planted myself. Everyone in the world now knows me as the man who's calling the Hawks in Fortnite. So you can't tell me, can't convince me otherwise. I, I mean, I agree with you, but we should also just be like, yeah, you know, everything you just said is true. They lost by one bucket. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm glad they don't play tonight because this feels exactly like one of those narratives where the podcast comes out and I'm like, Hawks are going to sweep the Knicks. And then the Knicks and Hawks play. And by the time people listen to it, the Knicks have already evened the series. And everyone's like, well, this was a stupid take. But now I got at least 24 hours to people to think that this is a great <laughs> take before it's ultimately proven dumb. Right. Last yeah. week we were like, of course, Steph will win. And yeah. he's just, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was rough. Dylan that was... Brooks. Keep it Dylan up. fucking Brooks. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's, before we go to the West, uh, let's take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and let's talk the West, and let's start with... Not only did they beat Steph Curry and the, uh, and the, no, we'll just call it Steph Curry because let's be honest. Did anyone else from the Warriors contribute in that game? Nope, not at all. So, like Andrew uh, Wiggins taking that three was um, like, oh my God, you didn't no, trade him. Like he doesn't no, want to be here. That's no. fucking crazy. So, the Grizzlies get the eight seed and uh, then they go on to take the first game one against the Jazz, who are Donovan Mitchellis for some reason. Uh, which clearly there was shade being thrown there by his fellow teammates, which is always what you want to see. The fraud jazz have been exposed Natty for what it is. And Memphis Grizzlies are going to pull off the upset. Can we all agree on that? Uh, yes. I love Memphis. I love this Grizzlies team. I love the heart that they're playing with. They are, they're the toughest or like most perseverant team in the playoffs right now, I am going to go pro jazz and yes. I'm going to I mean, do this because point. I, I want to explain why I think it was the right decision to keep Don Mitch out. Oh, okay. Okay. We, we say that you should trust the experts and we say that you should have players safety and health in mind when you make uh, important decisions over the past, you know, couple of months, we've also been having a global discussion about, Hey, maybe we should listen to doctors. Maybe we should listen to scientists. They're not trying to hurt you. And if you're a Utah jazz player, you have had extremely recent history with someone discounting medical advice and things going 
real fucking bad. Don Mitch felt healthy and he was raring to go. The team said he was ready. He wasn't on the injury report. And then guess what? Something changed and it doesn't fucking matter what it was. The training staff said, you know what? We think there's a greater likelihood that he's going to get injured and we don't think you should play him. They gave their considered opinion based on what they knew. If the Utah Jazz had discounted that medical advice that they pay for, by the way, and Don Mitch had gotten hurt, hurt, we'd we'd want to fucking put pitchforks in them. We'd say, what are you doing? We've been talking for the last 18 months about listen to doctors. We're always talking about player health and safety. You have seven fucking games against the 10th seed. The fucking 10th seed. You should be able to win a game without Donovan Mitchell. Yes. And they didn't. Yes, this is not Don Mitch's fault. I mean, granted, the Jazz lost by three, and it took some like real heroics from Memphis. But you shouldn't fucking need Donovan Mitchell, who's coming back from injury, by the way, and probably wasn't going to play a full complement of minutes and probably wasn't going to be at 100%. And maybe that's another reason why the Utah Jazz – said we're not playing you because they also realized they shouldn't fucking need him to beat the fucking 10th seat. <laughs> like Rudy Gobert gets real fucking salty when people don't think he's an all NBA player. And he's oh, like, well, why yes can a defensive does. player of the year not be on the first team all NBA? That's fucking why. Cause the offense doesn't go through you. And even when the, main face of your franchise and the star is out and you're supposed to be number two, you don't grab that opportunity. You had what? He had 11 points. He had 11. He shot four times. Oh my God. Fuck that. I love this. And I love love the stifle tower. I love him forever. Let let the rage pulse through you, Natty. This is incredible. I can't believe you're, I can't believe you're not telling me the Grizzlies are going to sweep the jazz. I can't believe people aren't giving Gobert more shit. Like, what the Don Mitch is out? That's fucking, that's a team full of nine-year-olds. I mean, granted, Valanciunas is uh, a real dude. He's a real boy. It's not a great matchup for Gobert. But then how good of a defensive player are you? How good of a star are you if Jonas Mm. fucking Mm. Valanciunas gets you off your game and that's why you lose? I like I just so much Mike Conley had 22 points and 11 dimes Joe Ingles made some shots Boyan's there 29 points like give me a fucking break man you 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 cannot overstate the fact that Utah is a better team with more talent than Memphis and they should win a fucking playoff game even without Donovan Mitchell and I would further submit to you that if Rudy Gobert was the one who was out and Don Mitch was playing, they would have fucking won that game. That's how pissed off I am about it. I couldn't fucking believe it. As much as I love Dylan Brooks and the Grizz and think that they have a bright future and 3J loved seeing it, uh, you know, we didn't see any of Justice, which is concerning if you're a Justice fan. Yeah, that's not great. Where's he going? Maybe the Knicks. Um, Oh my God, that would be the most Knicksian move. I, like some team is going to be grateful that they picked him up or extremely sorry. Yeah. Um, but someone will give him a chance. He just 
has too high of a ceiling, even though his floor is probably beneath the crust of the earth. Uh, but I like, I'm sorry, man. You, you, you can't have an excuse like that when you're playing literally the worst team that was considered for the playoffs. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, I say jazz and six, but man, I, uh, that rousing speech. Could you imagine, can you imagine if the Grizzlies win in seven? Can you imagine if this series went to seven and the Grizz pull it off? I think our I, man, we, slow motion, slow motion, Kyle Anderson deals. Doesn't six. say no. That is such a fucking superpower. I love him. God damn. He's great. I, I do like this team a lot. And, um, the fact is, like, Utah shot 25% from three. They were one of, if not the best, outside scoring teams in the NBA this year. That's going to get better. Like, Memphis isn't that good of a defensive team. They're good, but they're not that good. Um, if, you know, if some shots fall, like Conley was three for 11, Boyan was four for 11, you know, you give both of them, a, you know, you give one of them one more and they win the, or they tie the game. Like if they both make one extra shot, they win. So I, I, I think Utah does end up winning this series, but I'm going to go with a seven game series. That's how it. impressed I, I was with it. the Grizzlies and how disappointed I am in the jazz. Oh my God. I absolutely love it. Um, I was that pissed is... off. I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. Like Gobert should have had 20 points in that game at least. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, all right. Well, let's bounce down then to the battle of the two and seven. So we can spend our time talking about some Lakers because tonight they play. So all of my scathing takes will get uh, absolutely eviscerated by, by the gameplay that <laughs> I goes don't know. on. The Suns are up one zero and uh, I'm, I'm tell me this, Natty, tell me this, Natty. Outside of a drastic shift from the Lakers, if the Lakers play within the realm of basketball that we saw in game one, i.e. Anthony Davis not looking great, being quite average, uh, this weird dependency on Andre Drummond rather than Marc Gasol, uh, and, and <laughs> basically, basically LeBron or bust, and then LeBron, you know, having to argue every single time he is gently grazed by Chris Paul uh, that he is being, you know, absolutely murdered. Can, can the Lakers, will the Lakers make any serious noise in this series? Because I don't think so. I think that the the Lakers, like I want, God, I want them to get swept by the Suns. God, I want Chris Paul <laughs> to send LeBron home. It would be the most glorious thing in the world. And as everyone in the NBA community is saying, like, this is what the play-in tournament has done. It has forced everyone to root for Chris Paul. And it's a horrible feeling, but it's glorious because this Suns team is so much fun. They have no answer for Devin Booker. They, there's no way they're going to be able to slow him down. Uh, and we saw this during the regular season when they when they played. The, like Devin Booker just gets to his spots, scores with ease. He's going to be a problem all series. Like I, I will say Suns in five. Am I crazy? Am I wrong? Here's why you're not wrong. Beautiful. I, I'm going to marry this statistic. Oh, give it to me. Jay Crowder went 
0 for 7 from 3. 0 for 7. He finished the game with a plus 14 plus Woo! minus. <laughs> That's how good he fucking played. He was 3 for 10 from the field, and he ended with a plus 14. You know why? Because he fucking beat the shit out of Anthony Davis. He went at the brow's legs. Like, he's a shorter dude. The caveat is that the brow is obviously still injured or coming back from it, and so is LeBron. We referenced this earlier in the pod. When we talked about this several months ago, we said, like, well, if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both hurt, then the Lakers have no chance because everybody else on that team is because we've seen what that team is a fucking them. B minus. Yeah, well, we've seen what that team is without them. Thank I God. mean, Schroeder is better than a B minus, but like he can't be your focal point. Um, it's it. The Lakers look like a team who have two stars that aren't themselves, and that matters Ain't a lot for business. when they're those two dudes, like two. When they're at 100%, they're two of the best five players in the NBA. No one on Phoenix can say that. Um, and it didn't fucking matter. Mikhail Bridges, like, fucking played a great game. DeAndre Ayton, though, is what changed this game. From, he, 21 and 16, played great. Made AD fucking play him. You know, like there's everybody in the whole wide world was talking about how the Lakers front court depth. Oh, man, they have drum and they have Montrez and they have the like, they're just so huge and everyone's going to have a problem with it. And I was fucking one of them. And guess what? DeAndre Ayton's here. Fuck you. He's going to play basketball the way he wants to. If you don't want to do that, then you can fucking catch up to him and make him do it otherwise. Now, if AD play, if. He's a, even a little bit healthier. He had a shitty game. He had a really shitty game. But I also feel like he got played a little bit differently than he's used to. And that team isn't really deep. Like, they, they, uh, Kuzma played 19 minutes. Caruso was out there. He was fine. Um, you know, Taylor Horton really, Tucker. It, it's, it's it is it's it's ad lebron kcp and schroeder like those they all average like what 35 minutes basically like yeah, that's KCP, it and then they just cycle like, through that next spot andre drummond 20 minutes that sh- that should not happen yes correct i agree Mark with Gasol that with Although, the GMP. what are you doing I do, well i do sort of feel like if i if i was frank vogel and i knew that the brow and the king were both injured and i also thought hey maybe deandre aiden is the weak point on the opposing side like maybe drummond can just manhandle him offensively and he doesn't and maybe he won't have to do too much defensively because we don't think that much of deandre aiden but shit vogel was wrong i was wrong all of us were wrong aiden was great um kcp is a good player and he's good playoff guy to have he was one for seven from outside that's you know not what his usual line is going to look like so i will always unless he's like your third option or higher even then i won't like it but he's he's not supposed to be he's their fourth at best um he had a bad night the entire lakers team had a bad night maybe it was just that you know that like lebron and ad had no burst they couldn't really defend anybody like 
Chris Paul played 36 minutes and had With seven one shoulder. He had right. He couldn't shoot for the majority of the game. And like, I sort of feel like he and LeBron were sort of pumped up friends to play each other. And we're like, maybe we get a little bit more tangled than we otherwise would, you know, not butterflies, just sort of like, man, I'm fucking coming at you. And I love you so much. Um, <laughs> it would be such a fucking feather in his cap. If CP three can punch LeBron's ticket in the first round. Oh yeah. But, CP3 also looks injured. Like he didn't fucking yeah. shoot for the second half. But you the know, thing is, like, but that's, that's the thing is, but like the, the beauty of the beauty of it is that CP3 is injured. Okay, well, you've got Devin Booker. Okay, you've got DeAndre Ayton. Okay, you've got Mikel Bridges. Okay, you've got, I mean, Cameron Payne got ejected for no fucking reason. Uh, but uh, you also, he you got also, ejected because he's the one you can eject. I like, know. Well, that's the that's refs why, were like, is, okay, you threw the ball. Sort oh, of yeah, the same refs. Like, we haven't even touched on the fact that the same refs who LeBron broke COVID protocol and our NBA is like, well, do we really need to punish him now? No, not at all. Uh, you be Adam Silver and say LeBron can't oh, play. Him can you imagine? Can you? Well, you would love doing that. You would do I that would, automatic. You would do that I even would, if he had. Oh, I would had bask in it. I would absolutely yeah. bask in it. I would turn on. I would open my DMs. I would say, "Come at me. Let me feel your hate because I set these rules. And guess what? Uh, you don't abide by them. You right. get punished for them. Like, actually, you would have been like, no one but LeBron can play. <laughs> if you're really that tough, then you can beat these guys. If you want to take yourself. COVID on one on one? You can take these sons on one on one. Fucking do it. Let's see. I, Let's like see. you, you can't keep a guy like that. Like you don't suspend Michael Jordan in the playoffs. You don't suspend Kobe Bryant in the playoffs. See, that's where LeBron is. You cannot keep him away from your audience. Like this comes down to the money. If they had sat him and this had happened, everyone would be like, Oh, they just, the NBA front office just wants Chris Paul to go to the Western conference finals. And the, you know, yeah, like, I know the, the rigging, just, the rigging narrative would have been all over. It would have been yeah, all over for the place. Sure. And um, there's already enough talk about like free throws and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what it comes down to is that the Lakers got outplayed and the Lakers two stars looked hurt. That's really all that it comes down to. I don't think we learned much more than that, other than Jay Crowder is fucking here to play. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And he went 0 for 7 just from 3, despite shooting 38% on 6 attempts this year. Right. That's going to regress, too. So then, like, there's good news. There are silver linings for the Suns also. And hopefully, point God is fine. Like, if he's actually injured, like, and maybe, like, can't really play then that fucking sucks so hard because I do sort of feel like everybody wants to see him advance to the Western conference finals and everybody wants to see Chris ball succeed. Um, breaking news. The Kemba just absolutely dropped Blake Griffin and it's glorious to watch. So there you go. Blake Griffin doing, doing the Lord's work here by not scoring any points and getting absolutely dropped by Kemba to start. the Yo. game. Smiling Kemba, who's playing well, was missed. That I, makes I the NBA him. better. I love him. Um, okay. Uh, oh, did you ever give me? I all right. I am I'm, since this is since we're like mildly doing bold predictions here because what else are we doing? Uh, I'm saying Suns sweep the Lakers. Suns in four, unless the Lakers drastically change their whole Wild. ethos. <laughs> <laughs> right, but what can they change? 
You right, exactly. Well, no. maybe you don't. Maybe don't make Mark Gasol a DMP. Like play Mark because I just think Mark yeah, Gasol's passing is such is going to open up this offense so much more. Anyways, we are, we've spent plenty of time talking about the Lakers. Uh, what's your what's your pick for the series? I think it goes the distance, and Love I it. still think that the Lakers pull it out. Oh, Lakers in seven. Nah, I think. Or let me say it this way: I think okay. the longer the series goes. The, the better chance LeBron and AD will get, and the more likely they'll win. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I I I can certainly. Agree but if with the Suns go go up 2-0, like that's that's a real that's fucking a... problem because it's something like you know under eight percent of teams that have been down by two in the playoffs actually advance. So that and, and the that's Lakers, why the Lakers are going to get swept, right? And even being the seventh seed. People were saying the whole year how oh yeah it doesn't matter you know because in the playoffs they'll still be the Lakers. And I've said that too, but you also have to understand like they're not really LeBron and Anthony Davis if they're hurt. So if the motherfuckers are injured and just gritting through it, then they have absolutely no chance against a team that's healthy. Uh, All right, let's move on. Let's talk. Who do you want to talk about? Clippers Mavs or Nuggets Trailblazers first? Uh, Let's... I'm Let's horribly treating now. both of these. Ga- I horribly treating both of these games as afterthoughts when they shouldn't be because, I mean, the Clippers in Dallas. Dallas up 1-0. They play again tonight. Uh, that looks great. Dude, Luca went absolutely off. Luca looked like exactly what you wanted, like and expected from playoff Luca. And uh, this looks like it's going to be a pretty good series. I disagree. Ooh, tell me more. Luca looks like one of the five best players in the NBA, hands down. Love it. And anytime you have the best player on the court, you have a chance to win the series. The Clippers look like absolute shit. Rondo doesn't look like he's engaged. I'm still not sure that Ty Lue is actually a good coach. I feel like he's sort of more like Are a we ever player. will we ever be sure of like, that? I feel like that's just going to be like one of these age old, like, are, are we alone in the universe? Is Ty Lue a good coach? I just think that those things will forever be, you know, the wonders of man. Like, it's obviously hard to win a finals, and so respect must be paid. But I have never been impressed with his coaching. Um, oh, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. The Clippers have a gigantic problem because – their two stars are also injured. And the reason, so both Kawhi and Paul George have foot shit going on, which is like some of the worst kind of things you can have as a basketball player in the fucking playoffs when you want burst and you need to be going, you know, 40 minutes a game. Yeah, like turf toe, and then you get nine blocks. <laughs> Good point. I'm being Excellent an asshole. Point. Continue. <laughs> This is the time to be this is the time to point out weaknesses though because that's exactly what everybody in the fucking room is doing. They're like, "Look right. at that dude. He's slow. Something's off. Fuck him up. Do something about it." Um Paul George and Kawhi, the reason we believed in this Clippers team, the reason we've thought that they're contenders is because those two guys are two of the best two-way players in the NBA when everything's going right. Neither of those guys was fucking on Luca. 
like Kawhi, the claw, right, the right. fucking what are, dude who's supposed to be the best defensive yeah. wing of his generation, wasn't defending the best opposing player. That's a problem. Like Giannis chose Jimmy, like we said, right? Like yep, Giannis was yep. like, I don't care how tall I am and how tall he isn't. That My motherfucker. God. This is, is this is this is a fucking Kwame Brown podcast with the amount of shade we are throwing at everyone. Dude, because it's like, yo, are you big balls or not? Like, this is another thing with, with Ty Lue. Like, if, if your players are injured, then maybe you throw the first game instead. And, like, or, you know, do something else. Like, Kawhi ended up with 26. Paul George ended up with 23. I don't believe in their center position at all. I don't really know what Pat Bev was there to do other than, like, try to foul out as quickly as possible. Batum well, that's Patrick Bev's should game. not that's be like guarding Luka. Yeah. And I love Pat Bev, but I he's don't. not the guy when he's the dude who you're depending upon to be the defensive focal point, then you're doing it wrong. Kawhi and Paul George are there to be that. He's supposed to be a complimentary player. Fucking Marcus Morris didn't do anything. He was 0 for 6 from 3. Um Abaka nothing who cares rondo didn't look that interested morris will have some positive regression though from way three. more he, than he should morris will have positive, play at all morris morris will have positive regression from three though he shot 47 percent this, right. this season absolutely uh, the clippers will come back were one of the best outside shooting teams this year but the problem with the clippers is that they're a jump shooting team so even though they can drive and and finish well some of them can anyway like if their Jays aren't falling, then that team isn't going to fucking win because that's what they do better than most other teams. Kawhi was one for six from outside. Paul George was two from eight from outside. Batum three for seven. Like there's, there are good. Re- Meanwhile, Dallas shot forty seven percent from three, and I don't think you know Kristaps really matters that much, but Luca when you're sending traps and doubles his way and then there's this motherfucking seven three dude who can actually shoot then that's a really nice outlet and safety valve to have uh the rest of the mavericks look like a very well coached team by rick carlisle who's been doing this for a while and he sort of gets his teams ready for the playoffs he's a little bit or suppose a little bit like him and in by which i mean they play professionally in the postseason. Like mm-hmm. when they get there, they don't fuck themselves. And, you know, like this team looks so much better with Luca than its talent suggests that it is. And that's what the really, really good players do. They elevate everybody else. I think the Mavs could sweep the Clippers. Because are we too comfy with these sweeps, man? We've had so many teams dude, are just but, about to get okay. their butt swept. I love it. Let me let me go pro real fast. Go pro. Three point variant. <clears throat> excuse me. Three point variance, health yeah. and injuries and absences, lack of cohesion because lack of playing time. The Clippers are another team that didn't get to play right, together right, right, right. all year. And that's like all of those different things together sort of suggest to me that a hot shooting team and a team with the best player on the floor, like Luca is going to be able to advance because there's just so many other things that 
are weighing down on these teams. Granted, the Clippers are just in a 1-0 hole. It's not the end of the world. It, it could have just been a bad game. If they come back on fire and it's 1-1, then we'll be like, okay, this is what we thought. Like, the Clippers could absolutely win this series. No no problem. But Luka looks like Luka, he's Luka looks incredible. supernova. Like, he looks like a guy who could lead his team to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, yes, he looks he looks absolutely incredible. I have the Clippers in seven uh, just because I think that similarly to your thoughts, uh, I just I am just going to let the Lakers be absolutely broken in my mind. And I like I trust all of the pieces of Phoenix more than I trust all of the pieces of the Mavericks uh, in okay. order to like that's a good put point. The, totally. put their foot on the throat of the Lakers before the Lakers can get healthy. I just don't know if you can rely like how reliably I can trust uh, the pieces of of the Mavericks to to be able to keep the foot down on the next. Like you know, Tim Hardaway had a great game. Tim Hardaway had a good season, yep. but Every, he dropped yeah, he dropped twenty one on them. I know that's not going to happen. Uh, Chris Naps is kind of a. I mean, he had a good season. I guess I always feel like he's a hit or miss bag, but maybe that's he's just not the dude that you need on that not, team. Right, like, right. He, but he's a nice thing to have. You know, my point it's being like is that like yeah, I I, I think that. If Kawhi and Paul George get healthy and you have positive regression back to the mean for like Marcus Morris's outside shot and playoff Rondo will make an appearance and he won't be minus eight anymore. I think Serge Ibaka could have a, a sneaky big role. Uh, Zubats in this, in, did nothing. In this like, I don't Zubats know what did the do point nothing. of him is 13. Like let's, 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 let's try to do something. But uh, I just, I think that this will be this will be a, a long series. It'll be a battle series, and it will be one that ultimately, when you get to Game Six or Game Seven, and Kawhi and Paul George are both fully healthy and like in the swing of it, Luca's like now it's Luca top five player versus Kawhi top five player and Paul George top fifteen player, and I don't the Mavericks don't have a, another guy to run toe to toe with that. I absolutely agree with that, and I think that if the in the game tonight, if Kawhi is on Luka, I think that's a point in the Clippers' favor that suggests they will win. If he's not, then I think they absolutely lose. Like 4-1, like it's not even, you know, because of health and injury, but also because if you're the best dude and you're not willing to live up to your rep against the other best dude, that's a real big fucking red flag to me. Like you should be calling... You're you just you, you just went fucking on a on a tirade about Rudy Gobert. We know this is this is your this is your like block. This is your corner. You got this on lockdown. In the first round in the playoffs, the guy who's the best player in the series is usually the one that wins that series. And right now, Luca looks like that guy. And Kawhi and PG thirteen and the Stifle Tower do not. Um, quick update: the Six minutes in of playing time, Joe Harris already has 16 points. Nice. Love to see that. Nice. And, and, New York my, is dying. and my timeline, my timeline is telling me that the refs are already fucking this game up and people are turning it off. So uh, <laughs> excited that I am not currently watching it. <laughs> That's great. Oh man. Love, love to see that. Fantastic. But like no shit. It's a game with Harden and Kyrie oh, yeah. on the like same it's just, fucking team. They're just gonna get calls for days and days and days. Yeah, and yeah, people yeah. were pointing this out too at the end of game one. Like there was a sequence where KD was just like bullying Tatum in front of the ref, and the 
ref didn't call anything. And I think uh, KD has gotten a little more bullying in him uh, to start this game, which, uh, which we know, like, come on refs, let's make a call. Don't swallow. I bet Tatum has a 50 point game in this series though. Oh, he will. He's, he's going to go off and it's going to be the one. What did I say? I said the Celts were going to win it. The Nets were going to win in five. Yeah. The one when the Celts are going to have Tatum's going to go off. It's going to be the first game in Brooklyn. Oh no. First game back in, in the, in, in Boston. I'll just go off. Uh, let's wrap up the West and the pod. Nuggets versus Trailblazers. Series tied at ones, Natty. Yes. <laughs> they play, the a series. Game, play a game on Friday. Whew, the the Trailblazers took game one, and that had everyone being like, oh, is this good? What's going to happen, Nuggets? 123 to 109. Dame Lillard, of course, went absolutely off. And the uh, the Nuggets front, front court just couldn't do anything against uh, Dame and CJ. And we're, you're looking like, oh, fuck, this is just going to not bode well. Well, then game two comes along. Damian Lillard still drops 21. CJ McCollum still drops 21. But Nikola Jokic would kind of like to remind everyone that he's the fucking MVP, fouls out Nurkic, and casually drops 38 points, uh, eight boards, and five assists. This is a series, and it is a series that I – we have – we love the Portland Trailblazers. Everyone knows what the Portland Tra- Trailblazers are in the playoffs, but damn it, they are fun to watch in the playoffs. And when you pair that with a team like the Nuggets, who can't really defend them, but also have a terrific counterpunch in the fact that no one can guard Jokic on that team, uh, this is shaping up to be a great series. I think that both teams played 13 players in the second game. I love this series. It sucks that Jamal isn't playing. Um, You're totally right. After the first game, people were like, oh shit, well, they're just going to let Joker, you know, score and shut down everybody else. And all of a sudden, you know, he only had one dime and that his superpower is gone. And then they turned around and reminded everybody like, oh yeah, the Portland Trailblazers defense fucking sucks. Yeah, it's it so bad. Sucks. <laughs> it's so, so, so bad. Um, and that means that on any given night, they can get torched. And that's what happened. Um, you know, they have sort of similar ratios for the game. Uh, Portland, 48% from three. The Nuggets were 42%. I mean, the Nuggets made more of their uh, near field goals, but it's like they're, I, they were able to get stops and they were able to really use Portland's weaknesses against them. I mean, Rocco had three points. That's not great. He only had a couple of shots, but still, like, come on, man, you're out there for nearly 40 minutes. Yeah. Dame did what he could. Um, CJ only taking three outside shots was weird. Yeah. Like yeah, there yeah, was, yeah. it was a little bit strange that they didn't take more shots from outside. Um, and it was really just like Dame versus Joker sort of. And Joker reminded everyone that he is the MVP. Uh, he is in fact good at basketball. It's so stupid that Austin Rivers is starting for this team. And I really kind of <laughs> fucking hate it. Uh but well, I will say this, Aaron Gordon is another really good acquisition. And the fact that he took Dame 
and wanted him and then lived up to it like that's exactly why they fucking wanted him in that's the first right one. right that's why that's why they went and made the trade and that's you know it's the instance of like Aaron Gordon going it is in a different in a in a similar sense but a different application it's like the Blake Griffin thing where like Blake yeah. wanted didn't want the offensive burden on his shoulders and instead he wanted to just lie on the ground and rest and watch his team walk him to a championship which Kemba helped you know helped him lie down and and get cozy and comfy on the ground. I'm only speaking ill because the Celtics are current getting absolutely just like obliterated by the by the Nets and so I'm bitter and I will be bitter. Yeah, it's 30 to 8 and we're still 3 minutes oh, left shit. in the first quarter. No, sorry, 30 to 18. 30 to 18. Oh, still okay. That's slightly different. Okay. 38 would like, be fuck. fucking awful. Uh, but Aaron Gordon is like this. You're totally right. Whereas game two, they were like, okay, you are our best defender. We're going to put you on the, their top guy and we're going to see what happens. And, and he did a good job, as good of a job as you can covering Dane. He took fewer shots than Faku Compazzo. And I love Compazzo. I love the magician. I really hope that he like has a great series and it's so much fun to watch him. But Aaron fucking Gordon used to be the number one yeah. option for five fucking years on an NBA team that would go to the playoffs sort of by default, but still like he's, he made both threes that he attempted. He was just so fucking dynamite and efficient and concentrating on doing a task that is unforgivable. Like, Guarding Dane Lillard is just like guarding Steph, just like guarding LeBron. It's just like guarding everybody else who's an immaculate offensive player. It's exhausting, and you're probably going to lose. And the only way you can win is by effort and perseverance. And goddamn, he just looked so good. Like the fact that he, Michael Porter looked great and made big shots. He, MPJ, and Joker and Joker, Joker together. Yoker, the honeypot. We should just start calling him that. Yeah. Like that's it's a it's a fearsome tandem because Gordon's defense and versatility seriously complements MPJ and Joker's like sort of lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um it it that's the game that Denver thinks represents them. And that is also the game that I think all of the critics of Portland say represent Portland. Like you can't play defense. You just yeah. can't. And no, they, they like, can't. and you know, Rocco is not a good one-on-one defender. So uh, it's, it's tough, man. Like they Portland tried to play whoever they could and it didn't help. They don't really have a backup point guard, which is kind of weird. Um, but goddamn, man. Like that was, it was really awesome to see Denver come back from losing the first game so decisively because they really looked like a a one dimensional team in the first game. Um, And it's like, just let Joker score and it doesn't matter because the rest of the team can't measure up to him. So this is a series. I hope it goes the distance. I love both of these teams. I love all of the players except for Austin Rivers. And <laughs> I also am sort of wondering, like, maybe this is going to come down, or not come down, but will also highlight the fact that, like, maybe Malone is a much better coach than Terry mm. Stubbs. I like that. I'm always, I'm always here for some low-key coach chatter. 
Like Dame's always in the MVP conversation and Terry Stotts like constantly disappoints, you know, like I'm not really sure what Stotts's value is there. Um, I don't think it's anything. Let me go out. On, if they on lose the series, he's out. The, he like, has no to be. Fuck, yeah, you have to. Um, all right. Call the series before we go. Uh, I, I am so impressed with what Aaron Gordon did. I, I think I'm picking the nuggets now, even though I sort of thought like they were toast after game one. So I really don't know, but because the nuggets have the MVP, I will go four, three Denver. What, what are you saying? You're going in seven. Okay. Yeah. I'm going in six. I'm saying nuggets in six. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Neither of us believe in Dame, and we're, uh, I mean, the, the, they won't lose another game because we said I know. right right we're about to yes that's 100 percent what's we're going a happen. carmelo stanthony podcast i know god damn it what, what are, are we, we doing? doing oh it's we're not doing the right thing that's for damn sure but you who's listening to this show right now you can do the right thing by making sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher that's how you'll not only get us but also all the other shows on the fantasy on the fake teams podcast network make sure you follow us on twitter at the long two podcast we will be back at you next week to keep talking nba uh playoffs and seeing how our excellent 100 right percent correct uh playoff predictions sweeps and everywhere and or there's so many sweeps seven. the lakers are going to be in home uh, at home or it's going to be a, a, a game seven series natty until then stay safe my friend good luck celtics tonight i hope they pull it out buddy yeah lol <laughs>